I'm going to focus this talk on wine placements just for the sake of time, but for liquor it's pretty much the same in terms of a chain. The main things that I want to talk about are the three basic things that most distributors should know to get into national chains that I'm so surprised when I run into people in the market who have no idea what we're about, how we work, the fact that we're not an independent location and we all work together on a corporate level. They don't know how to approach us. And it's very surprising to me always the number of people I run into that have no clue how to approach the restaurant chain industry as a whole. I mean, there are basically different types of chains. I was having technical difficulty if I... It's about targeting the kind of chain that you want to approach. There are basically casual restaurants and fine dining restaurants. And the main difference between the two is what you're going to submit. If you're submitting something for a casual restaurant, just keep in mind it has to be something that is high volume that they can sell at an affordable price point. A casual chain is not going to sell something more than two or three hundred dollars for a bottle. They're going to be focused on stuff that is a little more affordable, more in the 60 or less price range. So keep that in mind when you're submitting the samples and do your homework ahead of time to know what is their menu, what are they about, and try to match what you have in your portfolio to those products that they're selling. The more you can do food and wine pairings along with that, the better, because that will make your job as a sales force much more effective in approaching us. So keeping that in mind before you come to us is very helpful. For fine dining, then you can go with higher end product. You can go with product upwards of five or six hundred or seven hundred dollars a bottle, but keep in mind those are going to be for buy the bottle only. So keep it separated in your mind before you approach to make sure your strategic plan is already in place. There are two different types of chains that I'm going to talk about. I've divided them basically into two. The first one is the controlled wine list. This is the restaurant where the corporate controls the entire list. You cannot approach at the store level. So you'd be really wasting your time to try to go to those accounts and try to sell wine because they don't have the ability to put them on their list. Now some chains with controlled lists allow you possibly to do a one-time purchase for a sale maybe pairing with a special they might be doing or something on a smaller scale. But it will be on a much smaller scale than you may want to sell your product. So you might have to look at that a different way and not approach that store directly. Go to your corporate office and have them make a plan to go to the corporate office of that chain to do the proposal for you. Then there are semi-controlled lists. Semi-controlled lists is like where I work at the Capitol Grill. Our list has a certain percentage that corporate controls, which we call the core list. The rest of the list is done at the store level where the wine directors choose 
what products they want to put on the list. This also goes with alcohol, for that matter. If you have a product that you want to sell in craft beer or spirits, you can also approach the store level to get those products exposed at the different store levels. If you train your sales force to go to different locations with a strategic plan of how you're going to sell that product, they can, on the store level, get them into those individual locations. Granted, it's a slower way to go, but you have to start somewhere. And the best place to get exposure is on that back bar at, at a high-end restaurant that suits your product. It's great exposure for you. And you can also tag along with the, the staff behind that selling it. If they're into that product and are excited about it, that is your best sales force within the walls of the restaurant. Your best sales team is the staff working at the restaurant level itself. Uh, what are the advantages? Well, obviously, the biggest advantage is going to be sales, a lot of sales. Whether you go on the corporate level with the core list, that's going to be tremendous amounts of sales. There you have to watch out. Again, make sure you have enough product. We have 70 locations. Our best-selling products, we move about upwards of five to 10 cases of a bottle of wine. Could be every twice a week we might be ordering that. If you don't have enough product, please don't propose that particular wine. On the flip side of that, we have placements that might be a little too low end and not the right fit for our chain. So that's something to keep in mind too because you want to be represented well. You want your team to be represented well. You want to walk into the store level with your sales force and them say, oh my God, I love your wine. I can't believe it, what else do you have? And they'll get excited to put more of your wines on their list, even though they're not core wines, because they love your core wines so much. At the same token, I've had wines I've put on the wine list that are not core wines that I've loved personally. And we had a wine director that used to be with us at our corporate office who said, these wines are fantastic, and I introduced him to them and they are now core wines at the restaurant. So you can start at a store level and that in turn become a core wine from that approach as well. There's just different ways to go about it. You have to just have a plan of how you want to approach it and then use those guidelines to get there, to achieve your goals. Having a placement also gives you leverage. The leverage on two levels, you can go to other accounts and say, hey, I'm with Capital Grill. I have a core wine, or I have a wine at these five locations. The advantage to that is that wine is now in our computer database. Any of our chain can now put that wine on their wine list without waiting for approval. It is automatic. If they like the wine, click, it's on their list. That's how fast it can go if it's in the computer. If it's not in the computer and we have to put it on, it's going to be a waiting period, which can be anywhere from a month to unfortunately upwards of six to eight months to get it approved to be on our wine list, at which point the vintage has probably changed, so we have to try it again. But at least 
the wine, if it's approved, though it's a vintage change, it's now still on our list. Which brings me to consistency, which we'll talk about in a minute. The other advantage, exposure, our press. We do a lot of advertising, both with social media, through the internet, all over the place. Um, if you're a product that we're selling, you are piggybacking on our advertising and our promotions that we do. So it's a very, very good marriage. If it's a good product and a good relationship, it can go for a very long time with us. We have wines and liquors that we've been selling for decades with our company. So it's a really a long relationship that it's worth developing, I think, because we're not going anywhere anytime soon. I'm having clicker issues. Uh, disadvantages. Um, this is a tough one. I was doing a promotion, corporate-wide promotion, a few years ago with a very small, high-end winery. Midway through the promotion, they ran out of wine. And we were, every single location, and we have about 70, we were struggling to find adequate substitutions of this wine that they were out of to finish our promotion that had already been advertised all over the place. It was a very difficult situation for each of us to be able to get through the promotion finding substitute product. So just make sure if you're proposing a product to us that the supply <laughs> I love it. That the supply matches the demand of that product. Needless to say, we don't sell their wine anymore. The other thing that is good with liquor, oh, he warned me about that. Ah. The other thing oh, that you can do with liquor is we've had, if you have brand ambassadors, have them come to the restaurant level and bring a bottle. Get to know the staff, get to know the wine directors and the salespeople that purchase the liquor or beers for that company and taste them on your product. Educate them on your product and maybe leave a bottle there for them to give to their regulars. If the regular customers start recommending, requesting that product, guess what? That rep is, the director is going to buy some of that product and put it on their back bar. People will see it and they'll start asking for it and then we'll start buying cases of it. And then we see 10 other Capital Grills start selling it also. And next thing you know, it's a corporate mandated liquor that we sell now. So you can also do it with liquor the same as you do with wine. It's just introducing it, standing by it, having a support team to sell it, and then it will be sold, and then it will be ordered regularly. The wrong placement. This is, this is tough because make sure before you approach the chain, um, if it's a high-end chain or even for a casual chain at that, make sure that what you're proposing is a consistent product. 
We've had issues with bottle variations, vintage variations, that you might taste an incredible, dry, beautiful cab, and then you order a case, and it's this fruity, sometimes damaged and faulted product that is not consistent with what you've tried. Or you order a couple of cases, and by the third or fourth case, the wine starts having variance issues. So that's going to reflect badly on whoever gave us that product. So please keep in mind who you're representing and sub submit products that have a solid reputation. Okay. What are we really looking for? This is where you have to decide not only if you're going to submit wine for by the glass or by the bottle. Sorry. Um, you have to decide if you're going to submit liquor for the well or the back bar. If you're doing something for the well, you have to go to corporate, period. Whether for any liquor, whether it's a controlled list or semi-controlled list, the well pours are all done at the corporate level. So don't bother going to the store saying, hey, I've got this great affordable vodka. Can you pour it on your well? Because it's not going to happen. Go strictly just to the corporate office for that. This is more for the specialty products, the new products that are on the market. I was talking to someone out on the floor about uh, spiked cider. There's also craft beers and honey mead beers and a lot of new things that are coming out that are very exciting and the millennials are eating it up. They love it. So it's an opportunity for you to go to them with your sales force and say, we have all these fun, beautiful new products. Get them at the store levels. Get them at 10 stores. Get them at 15 stores. Get in the chain somehow and then let it grow from there. And that's the best way to do it. There's also promotions we do. Study the chain and see what they're currently doing and target a specific program. We do um, a summer wine tasting event every summer. We do a fall event paired with a burger. We might want to do something else that you want to suggest to us that we're not doing. We're very open to hearing what your ideas are. Just come with a plan, have it make sense, and propose it. If you, can get, if you can't get it approved on a corporate level, get it approved on a store level. And do what we call a trial. We'll put it in some test markets and we'll test it at 10 stores or 15 stores. We might do it in the rural, we might do it in only the metropolitan areas, but we'll test it out and see how it goes. If the program is successful, it may become a corporate mandated program that we might do every single year. So it's something also to come forward with. So that if you don't have a program you wanna to submit to that we're currently doing, that's when you come up and create your own and develop it for us and let us pour it for you. Options for small producers. There's a lot of boutique wine uh, companies here today and in general 
and as the wine industry grows as a whole, there's more and more competition, not only from other countries, but also within our own countries. I can't even count now how many wineries are in California and Italy. And the other problem with Italy is there's about 2,000 grapes to remember the name of. We don't know what they all are, and they're not all sellable either. So it's really important to approach wisely and with a reason. I was at a dinner banquet with a small high-end Napa Valley producer, and I asked him why he wasn't selling to our chain. And he said, well, I don't make enough wine. And I said, well, have you thought about doing a corporate mandated wine dinner at our chain? He goes, well, I don't know what that means. I'm like, well, we have 70 locations. If we say, let's pick half of them and do a corporate mandated wine dinner with your wines, you can control in advance how much wine you'll sell because we can limit it to, we can limit the headcount at each store to say 30 people or less. We can do it all within the same week. So you're making all the sales within that same week. And if we limit the guest count and we limit the number of bottles we're buying, especially of your high-end product that I know you don't make a lot of, you can still do this dinner. So that's exactly what happened. We ended up doing a corporate mandated wine dinner at all of the Capitol Grills within the same week of this high-end boutique winery. That winery's done two promotions with us since and have been with us since. So it's something really to consider with the smaller producer that there are other options to still sell to us. And that was advertised, of course, heavily with our concept that we were doing this. And they did a video for us to play at that wine dinner. So we started the evening with their video from them with their family of wines. And then we proceeded to do a dinner with their wines for that dinner. So it was an amazing event and something to keep in mind also. Um, after you get a placement, you have to make sure that you're not lost on their wine list. I have more than 550 wines on the wine list, and I have more than 50 wines by the glass. It's very easy to get lost on that wine list. So you have to be able to maintain the sales for those wines on those individual accounts. And this is where your sales force really has to get out there and sell the product every day. Look at what's selling and look at what's not selling and go and taste the staff on what's not selling and give them the tools they need to sell it. Um, you can do this different ways. Offering exclusives. We have some wines that we sell that are special bottlings, special blends that were created just for us. We're the only ones allowed to sell them in our chain, and some of them are limited time purchases. You can decide on exclusives if it's a one-time purchase, if it's a limited time purchase. 
Uh, I'm so sorry. Or um, if you want to do it as a, a deadline to order, you can put deadlines on orders as well. Um, but allocations are allocating enough product that we can sell it for a certain amount of time, and then it's over, and then we change it. There's also custom winery bottling. In addition to creating blends just for us, we have people that do a special label, their wine label, not our label, but they make it special for us. The special blend, the special cuvee. I can't tell you what some of them are, but I might tell you privately later if you ask me. But um, we have some bottles that are really just sold in for us to our market, which is the same kind of thing as a custom label. It just doesn't have our logo on it. Currently, we don't have our custom logo on anything, but certainly some of our casual concepts within our company probably will be open to that. I don't know that they've ever been approached before, but we, not only Capital Grill, we have a lot of casual concepts that we own as well who would conceivably very, be very open to having their logo on a bottle for the house blend. Just making sure with that, if it's a house blend, making sure it fits the concept. And again, that thing with the consistent product, very important. Or the worst thing would be getting a bad rap because if the sales team at the restaurant level, the servers and the bartenders don't like your wine, they won't be selling it. If the wine directors don't like your wine, they'll be complaining to corporate and your wine will probably be removed from the core list if it's not a good product. So just keep all that in mind before you propose anything, because I know all of you have products that are wonderful and amazing, and that's what you want to sell to us. And we want it. Um, once you have something in the restaurant of your choice, you need to stand by it. This is where the, the sales staff comes out to taste the staff on the wine with sample bottles. They give a story, they have the products, um, the spec sheets on the product. Availability, making sure the licensing is secure before the run. Um, we do a corporate mandated list change twice a year and we've had several occasions where they weren't, the licensing wasn't secure in all of our markets. So a third of our locations had a wine that the other two-thirds couldn't get. I currently still have six wines that I can't get that are core wines that I can't put on my list because they haven't secured licensing yet for me to get them in my state. So it's very important if you're going to make a commitment to the corporate office that those kinks be worked out before the start of the run of that list. Case breaks. This is my favorite. If anyone ever came to take a tour of the back of my back of the house where we do our storage, it's a very small little closet. 
My favorite thing for suppliers is when they come and say, oh, we're so excited, we have this wine on your wine list, it's core, buy 10 cases at a time to get the discount. I have 50 wines by the glass. I am not gonna buy 10 cases of each of them to put where? Short of putting them on the roof with a tarp over them, I have nowhere to put this product. So please work out with your suppliers to do case breaks on three cases or less. Ideally, I love the suppliers who say one case at a time and you get the discount. Because logistically, we have nowhere to put this product. And if it's a high-end by the glass, we're only gonna buy one case at a time. Rips versus case buys. If it's a high-end wine, I'm gonna use an example, wine by the glass we sell for $85. We're not gonna be moving a lot of it, but you're, we're not selling a lot of it. So you're like, well, let's just reduce the price to 70 and I'll give you a rip. You know, we negotiated a rip. Well, the rip doesn't bring the price down of that bottle of the glass of wine. A rip helps the bottom line as a whole. It'll help our costs for my A versus T, it'll help my cost for my inventory controls, but it does absolutely nothing to reduce the cost of that glass of wine because it's not applied directly to the wine like a case break is. So if you're going to, if you want something to sell more by lowering the price, do it through case breaks, don't do it through rips, because rips won't achieve that goal. Staff training, we talked about. Um, but in addition to that, you want to have a story, something fun, something different, and what I'm getting requests for a lot are vegetarian, is the wine vegan? And what they mean by that, when the guests ask me that, they mean, are they using PVCC filtering? Are they not using any animal products in the process of making this wine at all? which is never advertised, by the way, on any bottle of wine that I know of. All I ever see is organic, biodynamic, sustainable, things like that. Even that, a lot of that's not on the label because they still do it. They just don't pay to be part of that club to put it on the label. But we do still know some of those people that are doing that type of farming. But if you know things fun like that that is the new trend, like this wine is vegetarian, or this wine doesn't use sulfites, that's another one. More and more people are trying to use less sulfites. I know some of them happen naturally in the winemaking process, but some use more or less how much they add of that. And that's something that our customer base asks for as well. So those are selling points to us. Kosher wines are selling points to us. Those little tidbits of things that you know about us, if you can say, hey, Passover's coming. I've got some great kosher wines I want you to try. That would be a good time to go to your accounts, I think, with those products. If it's Thanksgiving and you have some incredible, incredible Beaujolais Nouveau, it might be a good time to say, hey, I've got some great 
Beaujolais Nouveau or Valpolicella or some other wine that pairs really well with Turkey, it might be a good time to approach those markets with that product. It's really just tailoring it and finding out what it takes to sell your product and approaching it wisely. Do your homework and approach wisely. If you look at my wine list and say, gosh, you don't have a lot of French wine. You need some more Montrachet in there. You need some more French wines. Then come to me with those wines. Say, I noticed you don't have any St. Varan. I've got a great St. Varan. Here, come try it. But make an appointment. Don't ever just come in on a Monday while I'm doing inventory and say, here I am, buy wine from me. Because it's just, I love that. Just can't tell you how much I love that. I have one rep that does that to me every single Monday. And I just love when he walks in the door and I'm like, at some point, someone's got to tell you this is not the way to do things. So, uh, what else? That's it. <laughs> Sorry about the technical. Does anyone have questions for me? Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, thank you. That, I mean, this is really tough information to come by, so thank you very much for sharing everything, uh, first of all. And um, you talked a lot, about, um, a lot about everything, but you have the semi-control model and then more of the control model. Mm -hmm. Do you have any you know, high-level tips on the right way to approach the more controlled chain model of, you know, as a sales rep, how, how would I go about uh, approaching you know, the more controlled chain model? You have to go to the corporate office. You have to. Just find out where it is and go to them with a plan. Uh, see what they're doing now, see what wines they're selling now, what type of food they have, what's their price point, and see what they're, you know, what they're currently selling on their wine list and find a hole that you can fill, whether it's a by-the-glass hole or I don't know if you sell liquor or wine. Liquor. liquor. Yeah. So find a hole. Well, liquor is, if you have a new product, new on the market, go to town. You can, sell, you can bring that everywhere. And okay. just, but bring it with knowing what they sell, find a fit within that. You need to make it work for them and find a way to do it. If it's a tasting flight, if you have a, a flight of different things you do, you might want to propose a tasting flight for them. You know, especially if it's a sports bar kind of thing. You're, well, see, target the chain that works for your product. Right. Yeah. Is it a sports bar chain you're going for? Is it a you know, like an Olive Garden type chain, or is it something that's tequila? You might want to go to a Mexican chain. Yeah. So really approach it having done the research of what it is that'll fit for them. Great, yeah, thank you. Okay. Over here, yeah. Hi. Um, I'm a, a curious about the suppliers that you use and choose and how you do that. I'm sure that having restaurants across the country, you work with some of the larger distribution houses. What options are there for smaller to mid-size um, importers and distributors that 
may or may not be in all of your markets with distribution. Um, it sounds like you're interested in a great variety of products. So what do you do to mitigate those challenges? Well, if it's a small, if you're not in all the markets, go to the markets you're in and approach the chains. Like for us, we're in, we're in I think, almost every state. Just go to the markets that we're in and approach at those individual stores. And the main thing with that is if you can get into all those individual stores, you can then go to corporate. It'll help you grow as a company as well because if you're in, say, 20 or 30 of our restaurants, as you grow as a distributor and as you gain states, you can then gain accounts. And then, sure enough, slowly you'll be one of those big distributors that we're buying from. So... Yes. My question is, you talked about availability. Availability, yes. You talked about availability. So my question is that if you decide to take on a wine, will you allow for a period to build up stock, or are you expecting any wine that's presented to be delivered the next week? Well, ideally, I place orders on a Monday, and I receive them on a Tuesday. Is that your question? No. To start off? To, to start off. So someone comes in, makes the appointment, presents the wine, the staff is trained. Are you then expecting the next week to have it on the list? Or you say, this will be in two months or three months, be prepared? I, I, I do both. But keep in mind, the staff won't be trained unless it's something that we're already putting on the list. Then we train the staff. So you have to do it in the right order. Basically, if I like a wine, and I say, okay, the list is changing officially in the fall, but oh, that's the other thing I didn't talk about. Um, we have the ability to add wine year round. Even though the corporate list changes twice a year, on the store level, we can change wines every day. I mean, if we wanted to, we could change wines every day. So you can submit wines to taste the directors on at any time you call and make an appointment to do that, ideally make an appointment to do that. But that's the other thing, is look at what they need. Don't propose to me a Cabernet Sauvignon or a Chardonnay because guess what, I'm not gonna buy it because I have about 85 or 95 more than I want on my list. So I'm not going to be looking at cabs unless it's from Languedoc or some other area aside from America. So look at the list and see what, what you have that would fit what we want. And that's approaching wisely. Call or email, make an appointment. Oh, I notice you have the, narrow it down too. Like when I'm changing a list, I'll send an email to all my wine reps that I currently work with and I say, here's some holes that I have that I want you to fill. And I'm very specific when I do that and I'll say, I want fun stuff from Portugal, you know, I want some more wine from Spain, I want something exciting from Languedoc, which is really a growing area, or, or I'll give a specific promotion, I'm like, we're going to do another wine dinner, give me ideas, and I'm shocked at the amount of people that come forward with cabs and chards, I'm like, I didn't say that, that's not what I asked you for, I mean, granted, there's good cabs in Spain, but that's not what I was looking for. I was looking for fun, interesting blends, and I'm coming, I'm getting back these shards and cabs again because we're a steakhouse, and 
I guess that's all they want us to sell, but that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for diversity on the list. So if I'm specific, be specific back and match me and say, hey, I've got all this fun stuff and here's an assorted price range of product two. Give me prices based on bottle one. Always prices based on bottle one because if it's not by the glass, I might only buy by the bottle. I might not buy by the case. So, We have time for one more question. And then, Sharon, will you be available for a, a moment after if anyone has any additional questions? Sure. Great. And then I see you up front. I'm coming. <laughs> This was more fun when Sean did this yesterday when he was wearing tennis shoes, but. <laughs> Almost. I could probably hear her. She's right there. Thank you. Okay. I want to go back to trying to get your foot in the door. So when you, how do you get the name of the proper person to talk to, which I know is phone call after phone call, which is what we've done. You're talking about corporate or restaurant level? Okay. We could do restaurant level and then maybe go to corporate. Mm -hmm. But once you get that name, you make the phone call and you try and make an appointment. Yes. Email usually doesn't work. We don't get a response that quickly or any response. Right. And phone calls, yes and no. We don't always get a you know, return phone call. So how can you stand out in trying to make that appointment? Yes, I have to admit that's tough. Okay. I'm, I'm equally guilty of not returning those emails or phone calls. Um, try to approach when it's not a busy time of year. If you call the store, ask who the wine directors are, or if it's spirits, who does your liquor purchases or beer purchases, and get the name. Come into the bar, find out when they're there. Come into the bar, have a drink, eat lunch. And while you're there, meet the person, informally and give them your card and then just strike up a conversation with that person and and if just say oh I but do your homework before you do that if you're going to do that don't just go and say hi I'm you know here's my book take it you know because I'm gonna throw it away I'm not gonna look at it but if you come to me and say I've got this amazing wine that's really new on the or cider or product whatever it is that's really new on the market and I see your list, and I see that this would fit perfectly with what you're, or better yet, it happens to be right here in my bag if you want to try some right now. That's a good in, I think. Yeah. That would work. Thank you so much, Sharon.